happens so that... You just point to me when you want me to talk, so... Serious? Mm-hmm. You're such a bunk. I want you to take your finger. Push your earbud in just a little bit farther. Because we're right here. With you. In your head. And I want you to close your eyes and think about that song that you absolutely love and your friends think you're crazy because they've never heard of the artist. They've never heard the song. They have no clue what you're talking about. That's the song Phil's going to bring for us today on the greatest song you've never heard podcast. I am your host, Chris Cochran, and I'm here with my good friend, Phil, the shrill. Ooh. The thrill. Is it the shrill because of my voice? No, Phil the Thrill Anderson. <laughs> the Thrill. Was that your um, nickname in high school? It was my nickname in uh, when I came on to the uh, basketball court Yes. after high school. Mm. When I did uh, whatever record. Oh, when the cops were like, sir, you have to leave. You don't go to school here anymore. <laughs> no, no. We paid for the gym. But uh, it was either fill it up or fill the thrill. Now I'm Both just... of those sound like 70s porn, but go on. Well, fill it up definitely does. Uh, We're going to have to explicit this episode, too. <laughs> man. There's been no swearing at this point, just mm. suggestions. That is true. If you've never listened to our show before, we uh, like to dig deep into our archives and pull out shows, songs, rather not shows, but songs that are fill the thrill. Yeah. some of the greatest songs that no one else but us have ever heard because we listen to weird music. I don't know if it's weird. It's just a little bit off the beaten path, mm. isn't it? That's true. That's true. I have an iPod Still, like an iPod in a box full of music that no one else has ever heard of. Uh, and when will you, again, when will you pull that out? Well, once in a while. Okay. My, uh, in fact, it's funny because my daughter, uh, who listens to the show, uh, said to me at one point, she said, Dad, your show is great, but I've just figured everybody knew all those songs because I grew up listening to them. Right. <laughs> and so she didn't even know that nobody besides us has ever heard these songs. And that's... Um, that's to, that's to be expected in a sense, right? And the sign of a good parent, damn it. I, I don't disagree at all. Mm. It's funny because, uh, I think I may have mentioned this, but maybe not. I will actually, uh, when I brought my kids out in the stores or whatever, and we would listen to music in the car and then I would ask them to identify the genre. Mm. So if a blues tune came on, I would like, Lindsay, what, what kind of music? Just like blues. And then jazz tune and hmm. things like that. Uh, pop. And she'll, she would say, you know, pop crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, and to this day, they both listen to music way off the beaten path, especially Lindsay, man. Mm. She goes and listens to some very odd techno stuff mm. from time to time. But you know what? Whenever I'm around them, she pulls up James Taylor and... And Billy Joel, and she loves her some Hall and Oates. Well, who doesn't love them some Hall and Oates? I know, right? We, uh, when Heidi and I during COVID, we started playing. Yeah, have we talked about Yahtzee before on the show? I don't think so. So during COVID, we started playing Yahtzee every night, and we have a special kind of Yahtzee from Europe. There's a the Hasbro version of Yahtzee, which is copyrighted, oh. and then there is the original version of Yahtzee, which is what was played before Hasbro copyrighted it. There's a couple of extra. Like a one pair and a two pair, some things like that, um, and and it comes with when you buy it in Europe, these big giant pads that are like twice the size of a legal pad. Yeah, so and, and he's holding his hands. That's um, why twenty four inches. A visual <laughs> reference that people can understand, like twice but the size of a legal pad. But that wasn't a legal pad. Oh, tw- there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they I'll and these big giant dice 
Not like Yahtzee dice. Oh. They're like big enough that when you hold them in your hands and shake, you have to hold your hands apart and they sometimes fly out. Uh, and so we started playing Yahtzee during COVID every single night because there was nothing else to do. Uh, and we play three games in total every single night. Uh, so there's always a winner. Someone wins two games at least, right? Yeah. Uh, and what we've started doing lately, about maybe six months ago, we started doing it again. And we started listening to a different record every night while we're doing that. Nice. And, and you guys both get to pick the record? No, I'm the DJ. Okay. And so... So you'd never, you'd never give those reins up? I would, but she doesn't want to bother with the tactile, like changing over the record and all You're that stuff. You're being so careful right now. And sometimes... She's in the other room listening. And sometimes, Phil, because yeah. I am a good husband. <laughs> okay. I will pick records I know that my wife will enjoy. I do that. I do Because I'm the DJ at home as well. Like a Toto album. Oh, really? Toto yes. the Line? Or an Amy Grant album or something along those lines. I'm just like, I know she'll love this album. Yeah, those are uh, two completely different. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. She has uh, as, a, as obscure tastes as, as I do. So next time you and Heidi are over at our place. Yes. Having a, a glass of wine, maybe a little dinner. Yeah. We're going to play Yahtzee. Oh, cool. But we're going to play Yahtzee our way. Strip Yahtzee? No, it's not Strip Yahtzee. Good, because we'll be there then. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's in five-gallon buckets is the tumbler. Yes. With big four-inch square wood blocks. So it's a workout. Yeah, you're like, and it's really loud. And then you roll it. That. It has to be in the lawn. It can't be on the deck because you would go deaf. And then you have your big Yahtzee scorecard. That's awesome. Last night we listened to, um, I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, I have no clue who that is. Nick Kershaw. Get out of here. Really? Do you know who that is? No, I have no clue. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Clayton's brother? Uh, Nope. Okay. Nope. He was a, he had, he was kind of a one hit wonder in the States. He did a song called, wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good to be in your shoes? Even if it was for just one day. Mm. Um, and he had a song in the, in Europe that was big called the riddle. Uh, and there, those are the only two albums, uh, songs on the album that are worth listening to, but we listened to the entire album uh, front to back. But that's actually a good exercise. Yeah, it's really fun. Because sometimes, uh, you know, we're sometimes impatient yes. and we're eager to get to the best songs yep. on the album, right? And and those usually stand out. But if you can make yourself listen to all the way through, well, you'll get some little gems. So here's what's really interesting about that. And we need to get into our song. But what's interesting about that is we picked up recently Toto. Uh, the one with Rosanna and yeah. um, Africa on it. And Africa had a big resurgence lately because, um, who's that band? Weezer mm. re- did a cover of it yeah, yeah. and it got released and it was really good. Uh, and so, but when you listen to it, those two songs are the number one and two songs on side two of the record. Isn't that funny? Yeah, they were yeah. buried on the album. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand like who in their right mind was thought that that would be okay to bury those singles they're the, the strongest songs on the album they're fantastic songs yeah sure they're, they're a great band song one and two on the second side of the album you know who rosanna was written for uh roseanne cash arquette oh yeah and uh, we've talked about this before that drum line in that song i was gonna say roseanne Barr, but i was like that's too <laughs> <laughs> that was like chris you're not that stupid right uh yes anyway today what, what, about, what about the drum line Oh, it's just impeccable, right? Yes. There yes. is a go to YouTube and just look up the the drum line for Rosanna from Toto. Mm. And if you know the song at all and you follow that, you you hear the song in mm. your head. It's nowhere near what the keyboard solo is though. Uh well, 
It's funny you should say that. I actually played that solo on another song. Really? On a Delbert McClinton song we played. At, we Our church did something. It was um, Married Life Live. Hmm. So uh, Friday night, it's a way for couples to... You know, come and have a wholesome night mm. of pastries. That's because all you want is pastries. <laughs> and we, there would be games and things like this. And then we would play music. <laughs> Again, it's a church, wholesome. A lot of butterhorn pastries and a lot of like... <laughs> well, I mean, there were a lot of pastries. Suggestive pastries. If you're going. Well, yeah. There's a place uh, in Seattle, by the way, along these lines called the Erotic Bakery. Oh, yes. Very well, well known. And, well, it's not there anymore, but it used no. to be. Most businesses in Seattle aren't there anymore. That's true. But do you have a song for us today? Yes, I do. Good. Um, This song, uh, you know, I find more and more I don't want to talk about it. I just want to play it. Mm. So I think I'm just going to do that. Well, we've talked enough, so. Yes, we have. You know that I can't count the days And I can't say how many hours Since you faded in the evening glow But you're here in my head and there's half an empty bed, you had to go. Whoa, 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 whoa. You were a clever nightingale, singing songs about forever, never believing that the song was for you. So the little bird flies over unsuspecting eyes, and now I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Desperation is a train ride through the dead of night The towns and stations are all empty without a light But darkness will slow And from it a morning will grow Because the world still turns around While you wait to be delivered When you're hanging upside down With your nickels scattered round While you pray for salvation You're begging to be found Baby, the world, the world still turns around Baby, the world still turns around story ideal and perfection that is understood controlling every rhyme well that's the only time i feel okay hey 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 a supersonic man careening down a super highway can't find a way out can't seem to slow but pain will come with pride and fear resides where passion turns away Leave you tied up out in the rain They bind together and they weigh you down just like a chain But you can't be bound if you keep your ear to the ground Because the world still turns around while you wait to be delivered You're hanging upside down with your nickel scattered round While you pray for salvation, you're begging to be found Baby, the world still turns around Baby, the world still turns around 
measure of a man The measure of the things that matter Isn't what he got and it ain't what he knows Cause I just woke to find So many days on down the line That I, I'm still here yearning And I, I'm still here learning And the world keeps on turning uh. You know the world still turns around While you wait to be delivered You're hanging upside down With your nickel scattered round while you pray for salvation, you're begging to be found. Baby, the world, the world still turns around. Oh, baby, the world still turns around. You know the world still turns around. You wait to be delivered when you're hanging upside down with your nickel scattered round. While you pray for salvation, you're begging to be found. Baby, the world. The world still turns around Baby, the world still turns around You know the world still turns around While you wait to be delivered When you're hanging upside down With your nickel scattered round Pray for salvation Begging to be found Baby, the world The world still turns around such a sucker for a whistle solo you don't even know <laughs> so <laughs> along the lines you're like this could so oh the whistle I, i'm all in <laughs> there was a time i whistle all the time yes you do because you whistle while you work whistle while you play yes you whistle 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 because as we know we talk about on the show there's a song playing in my head at all times right and so i will whistle parts of songs like all my waking days and i used to tell my kids learn to whistle now because someday the whistle solo is going to come back. And when it does, you can have a career. Yeah. And none of them listen to me. Although my oldest daughter, Riley, can whistle pretty well. Yeah. But they didn't listen to me and take me up on that. And now the whistle solo is back in. And they can't whistle. Well, they can. But they're they didn't like, like perfect it. They're not like professional recording whistlers. No. No. Uh, overview of this song. <laughs> All right. Uh, first off, I thought it was People Are Strange from The Doors. When it started, which I like that song, and it was a really good song. By the way, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. People are strange. It was, it yeah. was pretty close to it. Um, I liked uh, the words. They're esoteric enough that they um, make me think and stop and, and, and actually like understand what's going on there. Um, I the the he wasn't perfect on his singing, but I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, I, I there's a difference between a. A vocalist, mm -hmm. and I think it's like a, um, a naturalist. I think is what they call it. Uh, Those like, are people who don't wear clothes. Different, you know. Uh, we're talking about a different thing. Oh, okay, I think it's. Um, gosh, um, I might be wrong on this. I can't think of the word. Anyway, I would consider myself not a vocalist by any stretch. Um, like, and I would say, based on your clothing right now, you're not a naturalist either. Thank you. To do. Oh. Hey, I just threw in a little drum riff right there. You did. Oh, yeah. that might have something to do with this song down the road. Oh. What? Um, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I liked the words of it. I liked uh, the feel of it. It was a verse too long. Yeah. It. Uh, I. You know what? 
I think the chorus at the end, I think could have thrown in one and then called it good. Right. Maybe two, but I think they went three. But outside of that, I really like the song. Yeah. I have no clue who it is. I have no clue. I'm, I'm going to guess that the song, uh, it's going to be called something weird because that's what you do. Um, <laughs> but I would say it would be, should be called The World Still Turns Around. The name of the song actually is The World Still Turns Around. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So um, these are three guys. Um, one of the, th- the three of the busiest and most prolific musicians on the New York jazz scene. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who they are quite yet, but because I want to get into the actual um, weeds of this song a little bit. Like, okay, I there's a lot of crap going on in the world, right? Right really? now. I yeah. Well, you don't read the news, and no, we live <laughs> in a very a quiet town, so to yeah. speak. Yes. But there is. Um, I was sitting in my backyard, just, you know, trees, just thinking, mm-hmm. five minutes, let the dogs go do what they need to do. And I saw this this fly, you know, zip by my head and just kind of fly off. Okay. And then you start looking at the birds and you, and it's springtime here in Coeur d'Alene. Mm. Things are coming to life. And with all the mayhem going on in this world, like nature doesn't give a crap. True. This, the world still turns around. And I think the the author of this song, the writer and the recorder, um, was maybe going through some things when he wrote this. <laughs> you think? And I might just let him tell you about it. Really? This song I wrote as an attempt to soothe myself and hopefully soothe others. The song is called The World Still Turns Around. Right. And the first verse kind of specifically relates to that breakup, even though the song was written many years after that breakup. Um, I obviously was still on my mind. I'm not quite sure actually when I wrote. I think this song was written sometime in the early 2000s. My original idea was I was going to write it for Royal Crown Review, but there wasn't a place in that group for my music any longer. So I basically wrote this song. And the way that I finished it was that I had a friend in L.A. who was a big band arranger. He's one of the top conductors of, of uh, film and, and TV and video uh, game scores in L.A. And uh, he's what's called an orchestrator. And for fun, this is amazing, right. for fun, he ran his own big band on the side. And he was a drummer. So what he got off on doing, he had a steady gig for this big band at a restaurant. And um, he, every time they did the gig, it was once a month, I think, he would have a guest artist and he would arrange this guest artist's original music for the big band. And one of his requirements was it had to be original music, which is like a godsend. There you go. You know? Right. He didn't want to rearrange covers because he did that for his real life. or rearrange, you know, <laughs> He wanted to get his writing chops, his orchestration chops together and work with these artists using their music as the vehicle. Then he would have... You know, so it was a great talk about pushing yourself, you know, to really get get your arranging chops together and to have a vehicle that's a big band and to be able to pull that all together. It's pretty awesome. Now, the fact that he was a very already a very successful guy meant that he worked with musicians who would be happy to come in and do these shows for free because they knew there might be some real work if, if they got in with his click or whatever. Right. 
Right. The fact that he was a drummer meant that I wasn't really going to get in, you know, in that way. But we did do some double drumming stuff. Anyway, oh, nice. So that's where this song came from. The Interestingly, the first verse was written and the whole song came about because of the first verse, which is about a breakup. The second verse, which is about my own more personal struggles, um, I probably finished writing it a couple days before I recorded it two wow. months ago. So wow. I've been chewing on that second verse sure. for a long time. But the idea is that each verse discusses a, a struggle. Um, one is a struggle where, where someone else has, you know, thrown our lives asunder. And the second verse deals with our own personal struggles in terms of the expectations we set for ourselves um, how those can weigh us down. We sort of, and it's definitely autobiographical. I, I, autobiographical. I talk about a supersonic man careening down a super highway, which right. is how I feel. Like you know, can't find the way out, can't seem to slow. Yeah. So I'm just on this path, going a thousand miles an hour. There's no way off. You know, is it? And and having these huge expectations. On the one hand, it's, it's exciting. And how does this end? How does this end? Right. Yeah, or how can I, you know, is 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 there an off ramp? Right. Do I want an off ramp? You know, because I I tend to 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 go a thousand miles an hour all the time, and I'm basically right. running juggling three careers. So the chorus is sort of the the idea is that well, hey, the world still turns around. You know, while while you're all in your head about everything that's happening, guess what? The world is still turning around. Yeah. And. So the, the the lyrics of the chorus are the world still turns around while you wait to be delivered, while you're hanging upside down with your nickels scattered round. So right. while you're just your hair's yeah. on fire, everything's falling out of your pockets, you know, you're yep. you know, while while you pray for salvation, while you're begging to be found, baby, the world still turns around. You right. know, so it's like while we're all involved in our own internal struggles, our own internal dialogues, exactly. and our own, you know, all the crap in our minds well the world is still turning around so um you know the the pre-chorus on the second verse which sort of sums it up i guess maybe is expectations leave you tied up and out in the rain they they bind together and they weigh you down like a chain but you can't be bound if you keep your ear to the ground mm. meaning listen and you can hear that the world is still turning around you know so pay, pay attention Just yeah Right. And I think it's a good it's a good message, especially coming out of the pandemic and with what's going on in Ukraine and all the political strife, the you know global warming. I mean, it's like it, the world is a messed up place, but it's really people that are messed up. You're right about that. You're exactly right about that. You know? It's the people so, that are messed up. Yeah, I mean, the world is you know we might destroy ourselves. We ain't gonna really destroy the planet. You it's know, still planet gonna go kick us all off. But so it's a message that uh, is important to me to to continue to see that there's the bigger picture that whatever I'm hung up on right now. Well, think about where I was five years ago. Think about where I was 10 years ago. You know, what where do I want to go and what do I want in my life? And, you know, just remember the sort of the, the big picture, I guess. Do you want to hear something really ironic? Okay. I don't think I've played one of their songs yet. One of my favorite bands uh, is the drummer is one of the key uh, musicians in the band. He writes a lot of the songs. His name is Steve Hindelong. And, but he's not a 
jazz guy, so it wouldn't be this guy. But it sounds exactly like Steve Hindelong, right. a drummer from another band. And it sounds like when he explains his songs, what, how he, what he goes through. It's fascinating. <clears throat> this is uh, the drummer that has played with Brian Setzer Orchestra. Okay. And uh, as he referenced, Royal Crown Review. Right. Which um, both were on the front end of the contemporary swing in the 90s. You can just call it ska. Well, ska definitely like was this stepping stone, right? Yes, yes. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, real quick, this was the first cut off the album, and this is the one I almost played. This album um, garnered some... So he worked with um, a label called... It's right in front of me. Club 44 Records. (laughs) And they talked. uh, They pretty much um, will help distribute. Okay. Okay. Um, and, And one of the... So they asked, would you like to do a project? He's like, eh, I kind of already have some recorded stuff. And so they hmm. you know, went in with the masters and knocked it out. The uh, Daniel Glass is on drums. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sean Harkness on guitar and Michael O'Brien on bass. Hmm. And they have created a virtuistic sound that is infectious. I, yes. Okay. So what's challenging is when you take... Um, a drummer that's been, I would say, mainstream. Now, not everybody knows the swing music of the 90s and early. Right. Okay? I understand that. I do. I know the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies, the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Uh, All the daddies. Colin James, you know, uh, and Royal Crown Review, RCR. Yes. And Brian Setzer. So these bands and the Jive Aces. Yeah. Uh, high energy lot of percussion, a lot of drive. I mean, it's not unusual to see it shows. Shelly and I actually danced to a Royal Crown Review song when we saw them live down at the Hard Rock Cafe at Disney. Hmm, fascinating. Many years ago. And we got <laughs> to dance to Zip Gun Bop. Okay. Which, which is fantastic, right? But high energy, right? But these guys, they all have other talents. Um, do you realize just how difficult it is to be a drummer and sit down behind the kit and play and sing? Yes, I do actually. And it's very, very difficult. It's not tons of respect. It's not easy to do. Um, I actually asked Daniel about that. Let's sing it. So, um, I'm, by the time we got to the show, I sang it in the studio. By the time we got to the to the release show, which is April 28th, I was feeling much more comfortable singing. I had to sing from behind the drums. 
but um, you know, it went it went well, and uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback about it. So good, I'm good. sort of like, okay, I can do this, and I think and it would be fun to have a few different songs in the repertoire of the trio that I sing on to sure, choose from. Sure, um, just because I think it would be interesting, and it's a side of myself that I'd you know that I would like to. It, it's you know, people talk about finding your voice, finding your voice. Yeah. And, you know, you hear, you hear people lose, you, you, you can lose your voice, but part of this process is finding your voice as a singer, which is, is it's an, it's part of the artistic journey. It's a challenge. It, it requires discipline. It requires focus. It requires bravery. It requires feel fearlessness. Um, and those things make you better and stronger. And I, I'm always pushing myself to do those kind of things, to go into those, um, areas. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and not only as a performer, but as a songwriter as well. Right. So what I like about this is the way he um, laid that out as the vulnerability of singing one of your songs. Mm-hmm. And you're not known as a vocalist. And, you know, um, he basically ran uh, and managed Royal Crown Review. Right. And, uh, Putting a song like this, he said he's got a, a swing version of this song hmm. that he was actually going to put out there. Right. And the label said, nope, we like it this way. And I wow. said, you know, that means <laughs> you still have that one in your back pocket, which is, which is kind of cool that you can uh, have a different um, version of the song. It's funny. We were at, uh, my wife and I were at dinner a couple nights ago and we were talking about, um, leadership within an organization. Mm. And I recently heard Paul McCartney say the one thing that the Beatles had going for them was they had, they were a band with four front men. Yeah. In a sense. However, you don't get to be Ringo Starr until you sit behind the drum kit, right. which is a really th- interesting thought. When you think about it from a per career perspective or a leadership perspective or George Harrison didn't get to be George Harrison until he, I mean, he was in the 1968 when he says, uh, he said to all the band, he goes, I've got a whole album's worth of stuff. I need more than one song per album. Yeah. And so when you think about that, to listen to a drummer who finally comes out from behind the kit metaphorically and is willing to sing uh that is it's a vulnerability but it's also a really cool leadership lesson around you don't get to be the guy that comes out from behind the kit yeah until you sit behind the kit for long enough to earn your chops uh to really earn the respect of the people in the industry and super cool for this guy uh that he actually did that well and and the relationships you build after having now this is working on 25 30 years in the biz okay and the relationships you have built and and uh the work, so I first talked to, to Daniel probably 15 years ago. Wow. And we talked about social media. I don't know how we connected, but I was like, you need to be on social media. Yeah. He's actually killing it on social media. We're trying to get him here to Coeur d'Alene hmm. if we did uh, Coeur, uh, you know, uh, um, Social Media Week yeah, yeah. here in Coeur d'Alene again. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get him here so that uh, he can actually teach uh, what he does social media wise, but then hmm. actually teach area classes uh music uh, groups in high schools and things like this because he goes he go he is all in on the history of music wow all in and you know on the show notes we'll we'll put a couple of um links in and things like that but he's a one of a kind he's a very good drummer hmm. uh, we haven't touched we even scratched the surface on the album 
or his knowledge of it. Uh, I had an 80 minute conversation with him. And at some point when we decide that we're going to up this level of our podcast, we'll have that on YouTube. That'd be really cool. You know? And so uh, we've got a, a couple. In fact, how many, you've got some, well, do you have interviews that you've done? No. Yeah. I avoid the artists because <laughs> I would just fanboy over them and be like, your music is, so, I've, did I, have I told the story on the show about meeting Paul Oakenfold? No. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, when you're in Seattle, I've, yeah. I've, I've been a fan since Russia. That was my answer to a guy that I've been my hero for 30 years. Been <laughs> a fan since Russia. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So I haven't done any interviews yet because of that. Chris, I don't see you as the fanboy type. <laughs> I'm typically not, but that night I was. So I encourage you to expand your repertoire. Mm. Go outside your comfort zone a little bit. Hmm. And and these some of these artists would love true. to be showcased. And so Daniel's been asking, when is the episode? And I've actually moved it up quite a bit. It hmm. was, this is going to be July. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, you know what? It's too good. It's too good. It is a really good album. Many of the songs are six plus minutes. Wow. Yeah. So there is that. But that's what you get with uh, traditional jazz. So it's Daniel who? Daniel Glass Trio. Daniel Glass Trio. Yep. And this album came out in... Uh, Why isn't it showing this? It was February this year. February 2022? Yeah. And uh, he had their um, opening launch party, mm. April 28th, at Birdland in New York. Mm. When Shelly and I were in New York, we, we tried to hook up with him. He's like, you know, we were there on a Monday night, but we didn't get in until like 11. Mm. So I get a hold of him about 12, 15. He's like, we just wrapped up. I'm like, I thought this was New York. <laughs> New York doesn't like We're old men now. We don't do well, that anymore. That's pretty funny. And actually, there is a part of that um, concept, uh, why they went from ska and jumping into crowds. And they're like, we need to, we're getting too old for this. Need to pull back a little bit. What were you going to say? You have that. By the way, right. Daniel, if you're looking for a good album title. Broken glass. Broken. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. It kind of writes itself. And uh, Chris uh, only takes thirty five percent royalties on, <laughs> on those sort of concepts. Phil, that was a great. That was one of the greatest songs I've never heard. This was a fun one. A really and I, good song. I knew most people would not know this uh, artist, uh, not know the band, not know the song, but I implore you, give them a try. Give it a shot. It's fantastic. This actually is exactly what this podcast is about yes it's quality music quality musicians yes i mean this is these are world-class musicians that are knocking out this stuff that's true and uh most people don't know it well and and just as a teaser yeah uh, our next show okay we're gonna play a band that could not have made this album today because the way the music industry has changed really yes and we'll get into that. It's a little teaser for you for our next episode. Well, I can't wait. And you guys should not be able to wait either, but you're going to have to seven whole days. And uh, if you want to talk about it and build up momentum. Mm, build that momentum. Yeah. On Twitter, we are at G-S-Y-N-H podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, of course, The Greatest Song You Never Heard. And Chris, I don't know if you know this, we have a website, thegreatestsongyouneverheard.com. Really? I'm not even joking. Wow. And uh, so with that... Well, you're driving this, so you can say goodbye. Well, with that, you know, we'll tell you. Find some songs you like. Share them with some people. That's the best part of this whole process is sharing songs that you love with other people who've never heard them. Play some songs. Don't be afraid to go, hey, have you ever heard this song? Let me play it for you. Just listen. 
then shut up for three and a half minutes and let them listen. Or in this case, seven minutes. That's true as well. (laughs) And with that, we will see you next time on The Greatest Song You've Never Heard Podcast. Bye.